You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Intercepted. I'm Justice Mosqueda. Um, this week of Intercepted, after a long, far too long hiatus, um, I'm going to be joined by Arif Hassan of the Daily Norseman. Um, what you're hearing is a kind of co-branded type of podcast that we recorded. Um, so that's what you're getting this week. Thanks. All right. I'm here with a uh, least valuable podcaster, self-appointed captain, Justice Mosqueda. How you doing? Coach didn't know I was from Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He seemed like, pr- okay. So for people who are unfamiliar, Jerry Alexander decided, I guess, that he should have been a captain because he was. He's from there, from North Carolina, and and so he just figured he would be if the coach had known. He just walked out there with the captains for the coin toss, called the the toss, and then said, "We'll defend." Right? Correct. Is that what happened? Yes, correct. And then and the, the referee uh, had to correct him to say, "You mean defer?" Yes. Just <laughs> another example of uh, the Packers getting on the right ends of some referees, right? Yeah, no, this is absolutely ref bias uh, at mm. play once again. Um, and then after the game, he was like pretty nonchalant about it. Jair's a weird guy, man. We've been saying this for weeks because he's he's done weird things like uh, strolled into the locker room after practice, hoisting two different WWE championship belts, one that adorned his face on the front of it um, and would say things like, I'm just going to lie to the media anyway. So go ahead and ask your questions, but I'm not going to tell you guys anything. What? He's just an odd dude. So did like, he, did he get a custom made? Sorry. It has his face on. So yes. he had to have gotten yes. a custom made a hundred percent. Like it still had the plastic on it. Custom made. How, oh my God. How, how much does that go for? Do you think? I don't know, but I figure if you're an athlete, um, someone just People like DMs you. you. Someone yeah. just DMs you on Instagram. And it's like, do you want a wrestling belt made with your face on it? And you just have to say, yeah, right. You have, you have you, to. Yeah. How do you how do you turn down that? You know, on principle. But yeah, I mean, Jair's a weird dude. Jair's a guy who like hangs out in Green Bay all off season and then leaves during OTAs because he like doesn't like being around people. Right. Like we're talking about an odd an odd guy. So. Okay, sure. Um, so the team suspended him for that. Conduct detrimental to the team, which would have voided any of his guarantees if he had any. Yeah. Wait, he doesn't have guarantees? No. So when he signed his extension, um, all $30 million of that was guaranteed in his contract came in the form of a signing bonus. So oh. everything is year by year. Okay. Well, I mean, that prov- that affords you some degree of security just – for dead cap reasons, but that sucks. Um, okay, yeah, let's talk. Well, actually, no. I mean, we're already talking about the corner. Let's talk about the Packers. Let's start with the Packers defense. I know that's every Packers fan's favorite subject, especially right now. Um, so all-world defensive coordinator Joe Barry, one of the longest-tenured defensive coordinators in the NFL, so we know he's good, um, has been under some criticism from the Packers faithful. This is surprising. I've never heard of this that people will criticize Joe Barry. Um, What's the issue? Uh, Did you see how he ended his press conference today? Did you catch that at all? (laughs) What's going on? Uh, He answered a question about um, what it would mean for guys to play well for him in the last two weeks. And the final words that came out of Joe Barry's mouth on his weekly press conference was, I just want to win for the Green Bay Packers. So that is where we're at currently. (laughs) Um, two, two weeks ago after Devondre Campbell kind of got lit up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the inside linebacker um, basically came out and said on Twitter, like, I'm not going to play hurt anymore then. 
and he hasn't been at practice since. So, yeah, because yeah, he's like on the injury report. Like, yeah, with a neck injury that was, you know, that neck injury predates that Tampa game, which again was two Sundays ago, right? Um, so like maybe this is something that he would have played through in the past, but now he's just done sacrificing his body for this version of the team. Um, yeah, I mean, career days for Tommy DeVito, who has since been benched, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> who like legitimately uh, had like one of the best performances in the NFL this past season, or mm-hmm. you know, in that game. Um, both of those guys won NFC Player of the Week. And then Bryce Young, who's been all-time bad as a rookie and uh, yeah, was nominated for NFC Player of the Week. So, Jaron yeah, Hall, come on down. He's a – yeah, Packers are turning some careers around. you love to see it. Uh, well, for at least a couple of weeks. The Tommy DeVito thing kind of shows us that, you know, this thing might not last. But you can get the Packers defense. All right. Okay, so you seem pretty positive about the Packers defense. That's great to hear. Um so it sounds like TJ Slayton will play based off the injury report. So what is what is that defensive line overall or he won't play? Um I think we're I yeah, I think we're kind of uncertain right now. Um Slayton's been pretty good about participating in games even if he has been hurt. Um he was limited on Wednesday, so I don't know if you know, the the way the Packers generally do it is if they have a padded practice, it's on Thursday. Um so maybe they're just going a little light. I would pay attention to the Friday participation report there. I'm not really worried about their interior defensive line. Um, Kenny Clark's been playing end. Wyatt's playing end. Slayton's been starting at the nose. And then the next guy up is Carl Brooks. So I, I think if Slayton is out, Kenny probably Kenny probably moves to the nose and Brooks probably starts at end. Um, but that's not a bad lineup by any means. Okay, well, so what is the what, within the Joe Barry defense? What is the function of that interior defensive line unit? Do they tend to rush a lot? Are they are they occupying blockers? Do they make space for stunts, twits, and other blitzers? Or like, what what is the function there? Well, last week, um, last week it was a whole lot of man coverage and twists and stuff like that. Um, we hadn't seen that previously. Uh, oh, so, so really Barry's fighting for his life. Barry is fighting for his life. He is changing things up and it did not work. Um, <laughs> the, the, the same thing happened against the Buccaneers. Um, they basically got into like one man coverage look and then immediately got dotted. And then we're like, all right, out of that again. Um, just not so, very good football, man. Just not very good football on that side of the ball. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about the front a little bit more, but we've been talking a little bit about defensive backs. We've talked a little bit about man coverage. Who is going to be out there, especially without Jerry Alexander? Is it will it still include Eric Stokes? Is Keyshawn Nixon still in the nickel, or is it the Valentine Valentine brothers? No, so it'll be Carrington Valentine and Eric Stokes with Keyshawn in the nickel. Um, Stokes sometimes has been left out of the lineup, and you know for for certain drives, just because he's kind of working himself back into football shape for Vikings. He hasn't recovered from the time I called him mid. Yeah, so so Eric Stokes was in a wheelchair last year. Um, that's how Man, injured I got him that bad, huh? Yeah, yeah. Words, words hurt. <laughs> um, he he ended the season in a wheelchair, missed the whole second half of the season, missed basically the first half of this season, starting on the pup. Came back, played I think ten special team snaps, and then blew out his hamstring and went on IR. Um, Jesus, man. Real bad stretch for him. I feel I feel terrible for the guy. So yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple drives where Stokes is out of the game and Ballantyne comes in, but Ballantyne should be next man up at cornerback and not starting. So what? So Corey, Carrington Valentine is a seventh round pick from this year. He's played a fair amount yeah. so far. What is what's the deal? What do we see from him? Aggressive, yappy. Um, <laughs> Everything you want out of a, a seventh round rookie. I mean, he was a 21 year old kid coming into the league. He always had man coverage skills, but his big issue was just kind of like wrapping up on ball carriers and stuff like that. I think he's gotten a lot better, um, you know, throughout the summer and, and the regular season so far. I, I don't really worry about him as much. Honestly, I worry about Stokes a little bit more than Valentine at this point. And then Valentine is. Fine if you're going to play a coverage shell and just 
you know, have him take up stuff up the sideline and, you know, not have to handle anyone man to man. But if you ever have to play man, that's really when uh, Ballantyne kind of gets exposed. And so it sounded like the with Joe Barry fighting for his life and playing man coverage a little bit more. I mean, in fairness, I mean, the Panthers don't really have like receivers, all due respect to Adam Thielen. But like it is a little bit different, even with Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson out, it's a little bit different than Justin Jefferson, right? Like it feels like you're probably not as going to be as committed to manning up. I would, yeah, I would assume, you know, hey, he's the X receiver. We're going to cloud him. And, you know, if he's in trips, you know, we're going to play quarters over the top of it and just not let him get anything, right? As long as the safeties don't play like complete bozos like that first time around in 2022 when they just couldn't pass off crossers and stuff like that. Um, I, I think they should have a half decent coverage plan. You know, the Packers haven't really been getting killed by number one receivers, but I think what makes Jefferson uh, a little different than most is how often that, you know, the Vikings move him around and play him in the slot and stuff like that. So maybe that's one way that they can kind of eat the Packers up, right? Like that's how Tampa, um, was able to use Chris Godwin, for example, and get you know matchups on uh, some of these inside linebackers and stuff like that, and basically make Devondre Campbell quit. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so who? Um, uh, we'll, we'll get back to the safeties in a second. Who is replacing Devondre Campbell? That would be Isaiah McDuffie. Um, he's actually played halfway decent. Uh, he's definitely a better run defender than he is, you know, a, a guy in coverage. The Packers, uh, unsurprisingly kind of play around McDuffie on obvious passing downs. They'll use a guy like Eric Wilson, who I know you're familiar with. Um, yeah. To kind of sp- superstar. Yep. To kind of spell him on passing downs or, um, you know, there's an uptick in uh, dime personnel or, you know, Penny where they'll just use one inside linebacker with a nickel on the field. Um, that kind of stuff to kind of make sure McDuffie doesn't get exposed in the passing game. Because that kind of tends to happen. The the real issue with the Packers is formation with really like as long as you guys are in like condensed stuff, the Packers are pretty happy because you know they can do their three up three under coverage stuff right. Like they can play quarters. Um, everything as long as things are tight, things are good. When you spread them out, that's when you get the Raiders game and the Buccaneers game, and it's like, oh man, our you know, we want to keep two high safeties, but also, you know, you're going empty. That means we got to have a hat on a hat. Chris Godwin's in the three slot in the slot. And now we have an inside linebacker walked over him. And, you know, you just give him a little option route and he's getting a first down every single time. Right. I mean, that feels uh, like, well, especially with the Vikings not having access to one of their tight ends, that feels like something that could very easily pop up in this game. I would agree. I mean, if, you know. I think Kevin O'Connell can figure that one out. So I, I I would be pretty shocked if they didn't try to take advantage of that type of situation. So, right, well, so a big part of that. So back to the safety situation. Um, a big part of that obviously is to have you know high level safety play, especially if the safety is going to be a big part of limiting Justin Jefferson. Uh, and if they have to be on their p's and q's to prevent the crossers, which I mean Jefferson's been eating people alive on crossers for the past two seasons. Um, how do you feel like I think it's what it's Rudy Ford and Jonathan Owens? I don't know anything about Jonathan Owens. <laughs> so they've made a recent change. So Rudy Ford has kind of become like the fourth safety for him. So Darnell Savage is iffy. Wait, for what, fourth? Yes. So Sa- Savage and How often, okay, hold on, hold on. How often have the Packers been rotating who's what safety? This feels like it's like every time I ask you, I'm wrong. Yes. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these guys get hurt a lot. Um, so I, at the beginning of the year, the starters would have been Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford. I think since then, Ford has started slipping down the depth chart. Now it's Savage and Owen. Savage is wait, wait, wait. I thought I thought Savage was in the doghouse. What's going on? No, Savage is back. They love Savage. They they rave about Savage. <laughs> we were always at war with East Asia. Okay, fine. Yes. Um, <laughs> Darnell Savage is dealing with a shoulder injury. Who knows if he's going to start or not? Um, we're at the point now where if Savage is out, the injury replacement is probably Anthony Johnson Jr., the rookie seventh-round pick, who's uh, he's gotten a fair bit of playing time this season, so it's not like he's going to be you know, thrust into the fire or anything like that with um, Ford kind of being the fourth option there. So that's the, and the situation. the fourth option now. does sometimes see the field? These guys injury? can hurt. 
these guys okay, get hurt. Would, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, these guys get hurt. That's the easiest way to explain this. Okay, so is is Darnell Savage like? Because I was like, I liked his rookie year, mind you. He played lights yeah. out against the Vikings mostly. Um, but is he is he like good again, or is he all right? Was he getting with the program? Was that the he issue? Is, he is like an average safety right now. Okay, um, which is an improvement over last year. I mean, last year he was benched right. against. I think it was the Miami Dolphins. Um, they just straight up for, for Rudy Ford, right? Because they had they had yes. that uh, bear safety. Yeah. yeah, bear safety. How dare you? Um, I'm, I'm yeah, right. John, Jonathan Owens. I don't know if you've seen the headlines he's been making recently. Um, is he is he the one uh, married to Simone Biles? Yes, he is. Oh, oh boy. Okay, yeah. So we got that whole thing uh, working against us too in terms of. In terms of uh, the mojo, I don't okay, think hold on, hold on, Owens hold on. is any what good. Exactly, what exactly? Because he just said he was a catch, right? That was. Uh, he basically said that he found Simone Biles on Tinder. He's a catch, and he didn't know who she was. Oh, all of that together actually sounds a lot worse than I'm a catch. Like, there's a lot. Just, there's a lot of people being confident. Yeah, I get it. Okay, she's like the LeBron James of gymnastics. It's crazy. My girl Addie's very mad. I was gonna say my girlfriend, but you like know Addie, so yeah. Addie, Addie's <laughs> yeah. Addie's very mad about this whole situation. So I, yeah, I get it. That's that's fair. I actually so uh, my brother and his friends they don't know anything about football, so they keep asking me about like Taylor Swift and Simone Biles. So they had to fill me in on the Simone Biles thing. I didn't realize that that's the whole context, which is even worse than I had originally imagined. And then I had to explain to them that actually, yeah, Simone Biles is very good at gymnastics, but you don't realize like how good she is at gymnastics. So it was like a very fun back and forth. Well, I actually, I called him the wrong name. So that tells you a lot about him. Um, I thought his name was Jonathan Cooper. Cause there's been like eight of those in football. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of Jonathan Coopers, but no, Jonathan Owens. Okay. Is she going to be at the game? Simone Biles? Um, she's usually there for home games. I don't know if she's made an away game. I, f- I feel like the media has got to cover her almost as much as they cover Taylor. They usually it's you know a shot or two on the sideline each game. Usually yeah, the home games again. It's not enough. All right, uh, other linebacker, uh, Quay Walker. How's he doing? Is he still bad? He was named a captain last week. No, that he's he, tell me anything, man. He's he's been fine. He's been fine. He's not making boneheaded mistakes anymore. Um, I think he can still get lost in coverage a little bit, but I mean, this is the NFL. There's like five good linebackers, so. <laughs> You don't care. You don't care about linebackers, so uh, unless I, it's unless kinda. it's like Bobby Wagner. Well, I well, it's Bobby Wagner. Okay, Fred, Fred Warner. <laughs> I was like Bobby Wagner now, the one with the bad back who can barely run. Yeah, who's been who's been uh, forcing Jordan Brooks to do like all the coverage responsibilities? Yeah, right. But then everyone, I think PFF <laughs> has like Wagner super highly rated or something. It's a yeah, weird. This, this Bobby Wagner is one of the it. bigger splits uh, between film Twitter and uh, analytics Twitter. I feel like. Well, this is this is what happened to um, to Anthony Barr for a little bit. The Vikings gave him all the easy coverage assignments, and he executed them really well. And so he had a really high PFF coverage grade. I think the same thing's happening to Wagner. It's like, okay, you just stay here, and you've got like five yards in either direction, and you're good. And he's like, yeah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Quay Walker uh, doesn't matter because he's a linebacker who's not Luke Keekley, uh, and he still makes some mistakes in coverage. Yeah, fair. Without without Hawkinson, does that really like worry you? Are you scared of Ty Chandler catching it over the middle? Um, no. But the Chargers had a guy who went off against the Packers whose name I still don't. It was like Stone Smart or something. Stone like that. Smart, the former Old Dominion quarterback turned wide receiver. Yeah, so we had we had wow. that pop up. Um, I think Tampa had one. What was his name? Uh, it might have been oh, Coquith. Coquith, former up. former Gopher tight end. Yeah, he he caught a touchdown against the Packers. So Coquith. I don't know. You might be able to get us on a couple plays with just. I mean, you might be Dude, able. If to you line if up you get torched by Johnny Munt, that's it for Joe Barry, man. Let's go Ducks. <laughs> Uh, we didn't talk about edge rushers. Uh, is Rashawn Gary still like? Is he good again yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's a good power rusher. Um, he will lose contain if your quarterback can scramble. 
I haven't gone back and watched the film on like the 10 dropbacks that uh, Jaron Hall has had this season. So I can't really tell you anything. Well, you, about- you know, he's got like rookie, like, or he's got like college film, right? Like that's like the uh, yeah. whole deal with these draft prospects. Like, I'm not going to watch BYU right now. They're not even any good right now. So, yeah, but, but it's not now, it's last year. They weren't any good last year. Yeah, okay. That's what I mean. Uh, he's a quarterback. I don't know. You want he's 25. I wasn't paying attention to him. <laughs> he could scramble. Five-year-old fifth-round quarterback. He could yeah. he could scramble. Okay. Well, I'm a little worried that he can break the pocket. I mean, Tommy DeVito was a non-threat as a rusher in every <laughs> other game that he played at the NFL level and rushed for like 75 yards against the Packers. So, a little worried about contain. But outside of that, the pass rush should be decent. I mean, that's the real story with this Packers defense, right? Um, you they play like a lot the of last decade and a half of Packers defenses. Yeah, they they play a lot of shell coverage. It really comes down to like, can they get pressure or not, right? Um, so hopefully, Rashawn Gary has one of his good games. I mean, Gary's games really come kind of in clusters, right? Like he'll have, you know, two back to back, you know two sack games or like a game with like three sacks and then go, you know, two weeks without registering a pressure. So he's kind of a little up and down there. That doesn't sound good. You said he was good. He is good. When Sometimes. he's on, he's insane. So he's, he's good when he's good, good and he's not when he's not. Yeah. That's not how, okay. Uh, Lucas Van Ness, has he, has he become a player yet? Is he real? Oh, uh, no, he's kind of like their fourth rusher right now. He's playing a lot of special team snaps. I think they're just using this as kind of a redshirt year. Kingsley and Igbari and Preston Smith will both out-snap him. That sounds depressing. Is that depressing? No, I mean, I, this was kind of always the plan. Outside linebacker was like one of the Packers' deepest positions, and they were just like, could not help themselves. They were like, this is a 20-year-old freak athlete. We're just going to take the 20-year-old freak athlete and not care about how he fits in in the short term. You were like you were like trashing Enigbari last year. You hated the guy. Uh, he's weird right now on this team. He's actually kind of fits in a half decent role as like the one guy who can chase the backside of like runs and boot action because like Preston doesn't really have the legs right now. Van Ness isn't really seeing the field that much, and Gary's a guy who loses contain because he has pretty tight hips. So like Enigbari isn't like an elite pass rusher by any means or anything like that. But like he can chase down backside of run plays, which so like, he'd be really good against the Vikings two years ago. Sure. Why not? Yeah. They ran the ball a lot. They did a bunch of boots. This doesn't seem like all that useful. Probably not. <laughs> He's Kings league in the bar. Yeah. So, okay. So you take a look at this Vikings offense. You see some quarterback who's to say Ty Chandler, you see uh, this a fairly good offensive line, I guess. I don't know. I'm still getting yeah. used to it. Uh, Justin Jefferson and then like like KJ Osborne, who was having a bad year, but then had the game of his life with Nick Mullins thrown to him. Um, and like Josh Oliver and Johnny Munt. Like what concerns you about this group aside from obviously Justin Jefferson? But like if, it, if, just, if Jefferson is the only answer, could you explain like how you think that he would win specifically against how the Packers are going to respond to him? I mean, if it's just Jefferson, I think the Packers are shorthanded enough at DB that they wouldn't want to play man coverage. So I think you can get some matchups, again, if you spread out the Packers' defense in terms of the width and insert Jefferson into the slot either at the two or three spot, right? Um, I think there's opportunities there. The other thing is, you know, Jordan Addison could kind of do some of that stuff too. I don't know if you think Addison is going to play or not. I know he's dealing with that ankle. Um, he was limited today, so I assume that he's going to play, but maybe I'm making a incorrect I've been assumption. operating to the assumption that he won't, but uh, it would be hugely beneficial, obviously, if he did. Yeah, so really I'm, I'm more worried about the receivers than anything, but like the running game, uh, the Packers yeah. don't really adjust. I mean, the, the Steelers had 200 rushing yards. I think two guys. Wait, the um, Steelers? The Najee Packers. Harris Steelers? That Steelers? Buddy, not just the Najee Harris Steelers, the other kid too. I mean, Jalen Warren's good. I get it, but he got like a hundred rushing yards on the Packers too. So, um, <sighs> the Packers don't really adjust. Like, even when they're playing bad quarterbacks, they're still going to sit in too high and like ask you to run the ball, which 
some teams are just willing to do. And if you're willing to do that, you might be able to get like 15 play drives on this Packers team. So uh, the Vikings don't really run the ball. So I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. Even when they've had like backup quarterbacks in, it's like Joshua Dobbs is back there. We're running the ball 11 times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would enjoy it this week. If you can, you know, okay, so, trap and all that. So like, okay. So like last week, the Packers uh, decided to run a couple of stunts and twists a little bit more often than usual. They played man coverage more often than usual. That seems pretty unlikely this week. So this defensive line is more likely going to rush for and drop one of their rushers, play in a coverage shell, probably quarter, quarter, half. Um, if the Vikings spread them out, they'll be able to isolate a linebacker. That's like a lot of it. Like you don't think yes. that they'll – okay, cool. Yes. Um. And when yeah, the Packers blitz, it. it's usually, you know, they're out there in the penny front or they're out there in their 3-4 and they're just rushing the guys on the line of scrimmage. It's not a whole lot of, like, inside linebackers getting sent and they'll just play three up, three under. Like, that's... Well, that makes it for pretty easy protection calls then, um, which is important. You got a rookie. Um, all right. Yeah, let's talk about this uh, this offense. So, uh, I, I was watching the Panthers game. I mean, Luff wasn't that bad. Like I've been a hater. No, uh, I've been He's a like hater. Fifth since I think it's since they played the Vikings. He's like fifth in like EPA for play in the NFL. Yeah, They've also played like, like the Chargers defense and the Giants defense, and it's like these defenses are bad. Right? They played Spagnolo. Yeah, that's the yeah the Chiefs game is the one that's yeah, and he played well in that game too. But that's like the one game. How dare you? Like, what? Jordan, how dare you? Jordan Love is him, number one quarterback in the NFC you North. Don't, you, don't, you, don't even, you don't get close to believing that. He still has like a really – like he has like the third largest difference between his EPA and success rate. And the yeah. other ones are like uh, – wait, the other one is like Baker and uh, somebody who got benched. I forget who. but No, 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 not benched. Justin Fields is the other one, uh, which is like that's not a great success rate to EPA per play. That's pretty bad. His CPOE against uh, using the next-gen stat stuff – is like negative five. That's pretty inconsistent. Um, Keith. Okay. So against the, against the Panthers, so the Panthers are weird because they blitzed a lot. They blitzed at like 45, 46%, but they, that's not anything like what the Brian Flores blitzes are going to look like. These blitzes were coming from no. like players five, seven yards deep. Jordan Love just had time. So I, I, it doesn't feel like very applicable. And then it felt like, does he always throw high? It feels like he's throwing high. Uh, Usually when he misses, he misses high. I can't think of too many examples of when he's missed low. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the completions are high too. And I feel like it limits the yak. It limits – it exposes – people got real mad at Joshua Dobbs for sending Justin Jefferson literally to the hospital. But that's like a high ball. Like, yeah, it put Jefferson in danger. He shouldn't have done it. But I feel like that happens a lot. And I feel like love throws high a lot even on completions where it exposes the receiver. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I like love. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I think really? Love has been playing well. Um, I know the the blitzes are different from Flores, but now he's seen that Flores defense. He's seen Spagnolo. He's seen Week Martindale. He's seen Todd Bowles. Like, okay, all okay, the, this. The Week, the week Martindale stuff actually is pretty relevant because that one's, right. that one's a lot closer. So, so obviously against the Vikings, he didn't do well. Against the Giants, he did. So, what – what can you tell me about facing those two blitz heavy or uh, sim pressure heavy looks got us? So I think the Packers offense overall has gotten so much better since that Vikings game. Remember that we were talking about this going into that game. Um, and I was like, there's receivers who are just going to run wrong routes. And you're like, yeah, what? Yeah. You, you were like Everybody's struggling to understand like yeah. how, how that could happen at the NFL level at like mid season. Everyone is clicking now, relatively. And the fact that Aaron Jones is back has kind of opened up a lot of things for the Packers in terms of play action and stuff like that. Because they were really getting themselves into holes by just running A.J. Dillon up the middle and, you know, getting one yard um, on first down. So I think all of that stuff together has kind of helped the offense evolve in general. The one thing that I do have questions about in this game is just the status of the wide receivers, right? Jaden Reed missed last week. Christian Watson missed last week. Dentavian Wicks, they thought he had broken ribs, but uh, the X-rays came back uh, negative. So maybe there's a chance he plays. So that's that's what your best receiver in Dentavian Wicks, your second best receiver in Jaden 
read and your sixth best receiver in Christian Watson. That's pretty bad. I would say Watson is probably <laughs> third. Third? Third? Yeah, we can get into a Romeo Dobbs conversation if you want to. Wow, but. okay. <laughs> okay, what did you think of the Wix and Reed rankings? Those are correct. Oh, this rules. This is so weird, dude. Um, okay. <laughs> Those are correct. Yeah. Feed, feed Wix. <laughs> but, but he's hurt. He is hurt. He's I. He's got the ribs and all that stuff, so I don't know if well, okay, he's going to so, end up so playing the, this. The week. Packers are, and you've you've said this before, so I feel like I feel somewhat confident saying this, even though this was years ago. The Packers are just much more likely to list injuries on an injury report than most teams, and so you've got a lot of double injuries on here that you don't have for other teams, right? So, so Wicks has a chest and an ankle. On the here. chest is what you worry about. Yeah, I okay, mean he got he le- he le- he left last week's game. Uh, with the chest injury, they thought he had broken ribs. So, so but, but he doesn't? He does not have broken ribs. X-rays came back negative. Okay, so broken ribs are insanely painful for, for right. you to think that that's bad. That's- right. That's why I'm like, yeah, dude, if you thought you had broken ribs, you're probably not playing this week, especially <laughs> if you've been DMP in the two practices so far. So. Okay, so there's your, there's your best receiver. So Jaden Reed um, – he, uh, he was limited today. He was limited yesterday. He's li- listed as a toe and a chest. Yeah. So, Reed, they haven't directly said what his injury has been, but he's been dealing with a chest injury since the Chargers game. So, that was the probably char- like a the month Chargers ago. Lit him up? Jesus. Yeah. This is probably like a month ago at this point. So, and they've been talking about how Reed's been a warrior pushing through the thing, but he had to end up missing last game. So, um, yeah, that's that's not a good talk. Yeah, he's been a real warrior. Yeah. That's not a good sign. He's a warrior pushing through a chest injury, and he also recently uh, had to miss action. Like, ah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see on Reed. I think Wicks is out. I think Reed is uh, more questionable. And then and then Watson. I mean, we. I think we could just count him out generally, right? I mean, he hasn't really practiced since he hurt that hamstring. Since his so senior year of college. Um. Actually, that's not fair. He might have gotten injured as a junior, too. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say you were being too mean to him. <laughs> okay, okay. so you wanted to have a couple. Well, first of all, let's talk about – yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Romeo Dubs in a second. So what makes Wicks, a fifth-round rookie, and Reed, a second-round rookie, the two best receivers on the roster? What are uh, the Reed- just generally? Reed is a ball winner who can also do a lot of gadget play stuff. So like he'll he's do a, he's the a end ball around. winner that runs like a, what a four three. Yeah, but he's not very big either. Like they do oh, okay. a bunch of like slot fade stuff with him, all sorts of stuff. Um, there was a while where he got a bunch of touches as like an end around guy. Um, what game was it that they ran the piss out of him? I can't remember, but there was like one game he had like eight carries. It felt like um, if you include like the little. Touch passes out the of shotguns. rocket passes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wicks, his big thing is just separation, man. Like, he can create separation off of his routes. Um, really good on in cuts and stuff like that. Um, mostly, like, uh, you know, middle of the field type of stuff. So, that's really where Wicks wins. Um, everyone in Green Bay, like, talks about Wicks in the same way that they talked about Devontae Adams in terms of separation. But they always qualify it with like, hey, I'm not trying to compare him to like a future all pro wide receiver, but he reminds us a lot about like Devontae and stuff. So when you say everyone in Green Bay, you mean like the coaches, players. Coaches. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm not going to listen to some owner. Sorry, not to. <laughs> yeah, it was the, gro- the guys at the grocery store. That's who I was talking about. That's where I get more, most of my info, Rafe. It wouldn't shock me. You have you've no journalistic credibility. How dare you? <laughs> okay, and uh, and Romeo Dubs, why are we having this conversation? You wanted to put, I remember, uh, you wanted to put the jacket on him in the preseason of his rookie year. <laughs> I did. And then uh, <laughs> after a really good month, his rookie year, teams figured out you could just press him. And uh, he can't do anything against press. Um, that it? That was the story last season. Yeah, for sure. Um, but... Really, the thing now is just like they kind of look at Dobbs 
he's so weird, right? Because he can make really tough contested catches, but he also drops those at the same time. So like people only remember. Oh, like a really. Hawkinson. Yeah. People only remember like the super impressive ones. And I include the coaching staff in on people <laughs> because they'll just like, they'll just like throw him like way too many like fades in the red zone and stuff like that. And, He's just not a very efficient receiver, even though, you know, the the high end plays from his highlight reel look really good just if, in terms if, of if what he, he can do at the catch used point. maximally. If he was used as as well as the coaching staff could use him, would he be efficient? Or is he inefficient just because of his usage pattern? I don't know, man. Like I think like his in an ideal world, you play him on third downs in the slot and you have him catch tough balls over the middle. Like James Washington? Yeah, like, I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was. I don't know why that was my like Oklahoma State's James Washington, a player everybody remembers. I do. Real ball knowers. Well, you you were the guy that was tracking like third down catches for receivers in college, like it mattered until you realized it didn't. The the other Oklahoma State receiver in the NFL uh, lasted longer than James Washington. People forget that. Yeah, and you you were on James Washington. No, I was on the other guy. Oh, okay. Um, you don't even remember his name. No, he was a Raider. <laughs> well, Mason Rudolph's doing better than both of them. Uh, <laughs> I get technically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything about Malik Heath or uh, Samori Toure I should know about? Heath is a I th- I think he ran like a four seven, but he's kind of like a. I mean, he's a strong guy. He does a lot of dirty work stuff. I wouldn't call him like the Alan Lazard, like enforcer, run blocker type of guy. But, um, you know, he's 200 plus pounds and and can get after it a little bit. Um, he's more of like a yak type of guy with like uh, broken tackles more than just like running away from guys. Um, I will, He's probably the fifth receiver on the depth chart and Toure is after him. Um, if all three receivers are indeed hurt and going to miss this game, Bo Melton is going to be the guy who's brought up from the practice squad. He's gotten a couple snaps um, the past two weeks, so keep an eye out for him too. Um, there's not that much to say about these guys outside of Dobbs um, just because we really haven't seen them kind of play as a collective together because the Packers have been feeding so many reps to Watson, Reed, Wicks because they see the investment of – you know, hey, you go through the growing pains this year. And, you know, them missing playing time because of injury is really the only reason that they're not on the field. So um, you mentioned that that Dobbs uh, has issues against press. I mean, Flores doesn't press all that much. Do you see that, like, right. changing? Or do you think, like, do you think Flores is going to look at that and be like, we should probably press this guy? Or are there going to be opportunities? <laughs> or, like, how do you how do you see that playing out? I, I don't think you're going to get to the point where you're like, we got to take Romeo Dobbs out of the game. <laughs> you know? This sounds like he's getting snaps, man. I don't know. I know, but I, I don't think that's I don't think that's the situation. I think the skilled players, honestly, if Reed and Wicks are going to be out, I think the skilled players to watch out for are going to be Tucker Kraft, the rookie tight end, and Aaron Jones. Norse Code is the largest and only division of Norse um, Code LLC. Yeah, okay, so uh, Luke Musgrave is designated for returns on the injury report. Right. You can He's also limited. find it on iTunes, uh, It Stitcher, says kidney, which is always Podcasts, alarming when they list an Spotify, organ. Literally lacerated his kidney. Um, I believe the story. The way that they explain it makes it seem like Musgrave woke up in the middle of the night, started pissing blood, and then went to the emergency. How I this am producer out. and he co-host, and my name is James Bogoshnik. Um, you can find me on the show's too? official Twitter feed. Dude, the Chargers game was a bloodbath. Man, that was. <laughs> if you'd like to donate a few, bucks it was to the disgusting show, on multiple levels. You can make levels. your one-time yeah. donation um, at PayPal.me. So yeah, I mean, slash Norse code. It seems like he wants to play this week, but the Packers aren't. I don't think they're going to put him at any sort of risk. I would be pretty surprised if he lined up. So I think it's going to be Tucker Craft and FormerViking.com. On behalf Former of the Viking Norse Code Benson, staff, we thank you, you know, so much for listening. Out out as like Our a, formula a is this. Blocker, um, we go out, of roll, decide to go we hit people in the mouth. To both Kraft and Sims as of late. Um, yeah, that's kind of what to expect at tight end. I mean, I like Sims and Camp. Um, 
Sims is solid. I mean, he just fills in that role, right? Like that third tight end. I I guess he was fourth tight end for the Packers to start the season because uh, Musgrave. Yeah, Musgrave and Deguara. Um, Yeah, I mean, half decent run blocker. Athletic, but like not a dynamic pass catcher. Play special teams. Like you can get something out of him. I think he's caught a touchdown pass too. The Packers are uh, the first team in NFL history to have three rookie tight ends catch touchdown passes in the same season. Oh, that's pretty stupid. He was pretty good in in red zone drills for the Vikings in in camps. I was kind of bummed that they let him go um, for like Nick Muse. Tucker uh, Craft is he any good? Do you like him? Yeah, he has hurdled multiple players over multiple games. Um, way more dynamic with the ball in his hand than Musgrave was. Musgrave is more because he can he can like turn right right exactly (laughs) yeah Musgrave can like the most you can get him to turn is like you know creating separation on end cuts and stuff like that but like Tucker Craft is like actually a guy like you can like run screens to him yeah you can run screens to him and stuff hard nosed guy absolute psycho I mean Packers fans love the kid so yeah everyone's pretty thumbs up on him right now. I mean, he have you seen his uh, his like headshot? He looks like a Packers fan. Yeah, one, yeah. one of us. One of us. <laughs> have you <laughs> have you heard the quote? What quote? Where, where'd you go? Where are you going? Uh, I'm I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I got, I had to find the quote. Uh, this is from Tucker Craft. I'm comfortable with violence at the line of scrimmage. I want to punish defenders as a blocker. I see the emotions in their face change once I put them on their heels. I can feel their breath leaving. They <laughs> exhale as I fall on top of them. So yeah, Why we're talking. Yeah, he's a psycho. We love him. <laughs> I hope he catches two touchdown passes in this game. Dude, I was saying like he looked like a Packers fan because he's white and he has an outdated haircut, but you know. Well, the uh, the joke in Packers Twitter has been that Van Ness, him, and Luke Musgrave look like they're asking who you know at a frat party, <laughs> right? <laughs> that was that was the rookie class this year. Outside of uh, you know Jaden Reed at the top of the draft it was just frat boys. <laughs> That's incredible uh, and worrisome. <laughs> All right, so uh, you take a look at – well, no, we haven't talked about the offensive line yet. That's important. Um, who? Okay, who's up and who's down on this offensive line? I don't know. I have no idea. So they did a weird thing for a while where they were rotating Rasheed Walker and Yash Nyman at left tackle, and they were also rotating John Runyon Jr. and Sean Ryan at right guard. I think they're kind of – Sean Ryan from Wake Forest, right? No, UCLA. Sean Ryan from UCLA. Yeah, yeah Zach Tom's Zach, Wake Forest. Zach Tom's Wake Forest. He's starting at right tackle. Josh Meyer is going to start at center. Alan Jenkins is going to start at left guard. I know he's on the injury report, but that's something that he's been dealing with all season and that he's been playing through. They usually give him a day off uh, during the week. I, I think they're re-solidifying the offensive line to be, you know, left to right, Walkers, Jenkins, Myers, uh, Runyon Jr., and then Tom. I think that's what you're going to see. That's a fairly solid Offensive line, I would say. Um, Rashid Walker, surprisingly, is getting graded out very well in terms of like pass blocking efficiency metrics. Not sure I fully buy that. Okay, Not fully sure I buy into that. Um, There are times where his feet are bad. Uh, He's not the best athlete in the world at left tackle. Um, I kind of think that team is... Probably, if I were to guess today, going to spend a first-round pick on tackle, uh, you know, in the draft in April. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll see about, hey, what is that Pandora's box with David Bakhtiari's photo on it? We'll have to figure out what that means. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's what you're going to get. I think it's probably, I would say, an above-average line for pass protection at this point, but not what it's been you know, in the past. And as, as a run blocking team, I don't think that they're very good, but Aaron Jones kind of makes chicken salad out of chicken shit. So, um, okay. So, uh, we, we learned a little bit about Walker. Uh, we all already know about Elton Jenkins. Um, I, it feels like he's not, he's not playing as well as he did his rookie year. Still pretty good. Jenkins. 
Yeah, he's very good, but it felt like his rookie year, everyone was talking about how crazy yeah, yeah. he was. J- Jenkins hasn't been playing as good this year. I think a lot of that is the fact that he's playing through injury. Um, okay, yeah. I'm not really super worried about him long term. I just think he's dealing with stuff. So, um, And then John Runyon. I know that like mostly you've wanted Runyon to play because in previous years it was like Royce Newman who was like always yes. confused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, big, but- big quest mark pops up. <laughs> It's like a video game, like yeah, thing, uh, quest item, uh, but like independent of like that comparison, right. when you compare Runyon to like other guards across the league, like what do you see? Yeah, I think Runyon has progressively gotten worse over the last three years. I thought twenty twenty one, he was probably one of the more underrated offensive linemen around the league, um, including by the Packers. Yeah, yeah, I guess you would have to include him there. Um, but now, I mean, I don't really see the push in the run game. And the fact that he has to line up next to Myers, too, who the Packers continuously say, you know, Josh Myers is having, you know, the best season of his career. And I'm like, either that doesn't mean much or I think you're lying, right? Like, it's it's one of the two. He's not playing very well at center. And having those guys line up next to each other isn't the best thing. I think they kind of just have Myers there for continuity at the center position because he might be handling some of the protection stuff and loves first year, you know, as a, as a guy on the center. Okay. Uh, and Zach Tom is a guy you've always kind of liked. Yep. He'll struggle with length and strength, but you know, that's kind of what comes with having a, uh, uh, a bookend who's like barely six, four, barely, you know, he's probably under, a playing weight of 300 pounds at this point. So super athlete though. Yeah. Super good athlete, really good pass protector um, in terms of handling all that speed and stuff. But, you know, length and strength is what's going to get him a little bit, but you know, thumbs up on him moving forward. I don't think they're going to shake anything up at, at right tackle anytime soon. So, I mean, it sounds like the Packers would be in next year's draft, be interested in a tackle, a center and possibly a guard. Correct. Does he feel weird not having a good offensive line or has like the injury problem over the last couple of years kind of blackfield you on that? No, I mean, it is, it is kind of weird. Um, cause the Packers, when they do have like an average offensive line, you would think the, the sky is falling where you're like, I can't believe this. This must be like the league worst offense. And then you look up all the stats and you're like, actually we're like league average. So maybe we should chill out a little bit. Um, We'll see what happens next year. I mean, maybe they take a left tackle of the future who plays a different position momentarily because Bakhtiari still has one year left on his deal. I don't know. Um, Dude, I, I get asked this all the time, and mostly my examples are like the Cowboys do this a lot. Um, but like, how often does this happen where you have somebody that you draft to play like left tackle long term, and in the short term he's playing like right tackle or left guard or whatever before that happens? Like, how often does that happen realistically in the NFL? I don't know, but the Packers are weird um, in terms of their <laughs> offensive line stuff, right? Like they'll bounce around guys all sorts of spots. Ellen Jenkins played everywhere. Zach Tom's played everywhere. Ellen um, Jenkins has played everywhere. Jesus. John Runyon Jr. They had to him, you know, snap in, in the uh, in the preseason. They had Sean Ryan snap in the preseason. Um, they've been rotating in game. Sean Ryan and John Ryan, John Runyon Jr. Like I said, and Josh Nyman, Rasheed Walker. I mean, those are things that don't usually happen at the NFL level either. I think they're a team that's fully invested in developing an offense, especially one that can pass back well. So I could see them doing it for sure. And uh, when you take a look again at Brian Flores' defense that has been blitzing a lot less over the past six weeks, but still it's more than everybody else. But that's, you know, we're dropping from like 60 to 50, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, When you take a look at that kind of defense, when you take a look at a defense that like plays like a four-person zone at the back end um, that will play around with how many linebackers they have on the field, will have a penny front – will line up five to seven guys on the line of scrimmage, um, rotate from one safety to two high. When you take a look at that, you know, Flores defense, what do you think that that, what, what impact will that have on the offensive line? What impact will that have on Jordan Love? And what impact will it have on the play calling? Because the Vikings have been seeing a lot of teams throw short in response 
Uh, and then the teams that like don't kind of uh, kick their ass a little bit, it hurts when they throw deep. Yeah. Um, the Packers have been kind of decent at doing both of those things at this point. Um, they kind of take what the defense gives you, but they'll also, you know, load up and have chips on the field, right? Um, you know, guys in wings, wing positions and empty, you know, either a tight end or a running back and take shots down the field too. Um, the Packers have an extremely high A dot, you know, especially, you know, before the last couple of weeks. Um, and Which would explain taking, the difference between like success rate and EPA for them. Too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there was a point uh, I haven't kept up with the stats recently, but there was a point where, you know, love was leading the league in terms of like deep attempts and stuff like that. And it wasn't particularly close. So I could see the Packers taking some deep shots. The question is just like, who are you throwing those to? Cause Dobbs isn't a burner. Heath isn't a burner. Are you going to take shot plays to Samari Toure? He's probably your best opportunity to get a shot play off. Um, depending on, you know, who's in or who's out of the game. So I think that's where, you know, the Watson, Reed, Wicks question really becomes important. And how do you game plan for that, right? Like, do you have two game plans for, you know, if one of these guys is in or one of these guys is out? I don't know. I don't know how you handle that at the NFL level at this point because I I don't know if the Packers are sure who's going to play and it's, you know, Wednesday or Thursday night. I'm looking at a temp percentage and – I'm going to get rid of anybody who's played fewer than seven games. So it's Will Levis, Tyrod Taylor, and then Jordan Love in a temp percentage, um, which Levis and Taylor have played for, eight For games, deep shots, so. correct? Yeah, for deep shot. Yeah, a deep shot, a temp percentage. Uh, and then because Jordan Love has played 15 games, those guys have played eight. Uh, he, has the, he still has the most total number. And of guys with at least – with 74. So guys with at least 55 – Deep passing attempts, he has the fewest total dropbacks. So his percentage is pretty high among everyday quarterbacks. Yeah. Big time throw rate, really good on these plays. You didn't believe me. I like love. Well, it's okay on these plays. Trevor Lawrence is, uh, has a 10% high. Well, okay, so his is at 25%. Lawrence is at 36. Josh Allen's at 27. Baker's at 17. Okay. Uh, Good job, Joe Barry. Uh, Prescott's at 33. Carr's at 23. Sam Howell's at 30. Sam Howell is weird. Doesn't count. Uh, Russell Wilson's at 28. Hey, but hey, it's a better big-time throw rate on deep passing plays than Patrick Mahomes. So there you go. That's something. There we go. Not as good as the rest of these guys in the top 10, though. If you say so. <laughs> All right, so uh, you think like one step drop back type, uh, fifteen yard throws to get them open twenty um, against the blitz, that kind of stuff. If well, you like, they, they'll, you, they'll you max protect. They'll max protect and you know use chips and stuff like that too. I mean, they'll just run three routes and have three deep routes, and one of them's a route conversion, and expect Luff to hit that thing. I'm gonna check real because it felt like they didn't actually do that when you told me that they were gonna do that last time. Last last game again. <laughs> this team is different than last time they played around. <laughs> but but you were and like, I told you that coming into it. I was like, this team is fucking weird and young right now. Sorry, but the thing had, you told me about them was that they would like throw deep, right? And yes. they didn't. Fair. Fair. And now you're like, yeah, they, they love were throwing, throwing deep. deep. <laughs> they still love throwing deep. But so. now, now they'll do it against blitzes, whereas before they wouldn't. I need to know which receivers are in the game. <laughs> if it's Amari Toure, probably not. Okay. He's probably going to get two of them, but that's it. Do you do you think that they'll get um that they'll that they'll get like uh, yards after the catch with like a a screen heavy game? Yeah, I could see them doing that, or again, you know, throwing glances or something like that to Dobbs or Heath. Those are kind of like the the yak broken tackle type of guys or guys that you want to get the ball versus off coverage and stuff like that. So I could see them doing stuff like that. Um, you know, now screens on the backside of run plays, for example. All right. They're so going to have to figure out ways to do it. Loves a dot against uh, the Vikings blitzes was 4.7. Ew. <laughs> Gross. Gross. Uh, okay, what's the season long A dog against blitzes though? That 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 might tell me a little bit more. Um, you're, you're the one with the stats, yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking. 
Uh, it's one of the lowest in the NFL at 7.4. Uh-oh. Just, yeah, but you, you gotta take out the Vikings. Are you alive? You gotta take is... out the Vikings game. No, they're throwing deep shots. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it after week seven. I'll do it after week seven. How does that sound? Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't appreciate it when you lie to me. I don't do lie to you. You already looked up the the frequency of his deep shots. They're throwing deep shots. Yeah, but not against the blitz. That's what I was saying. All right, after week seven, the A dot against the blitz. Where is he? Uh is 26th of 36 quarterbacks at 7.0. We got to work on that, Matt. I, this, I, I, you are unreliable. This is crazy. Not true. <laughs> I, I, I want those stats double checked for quality control purposes. Okay, well, you do it then. You go through the last six weeks of blitzes. Oh, every single one of the snaps. Just the blitzes. For every team. See how many how many dropbacks against the no, blitzes he you. had? Uh, he's had the most. People love blitzing him. Holy shit! Okay, I'm gonna have to edit that out too. Um, he has the highest since week seven. So after week seven, week eight to week sixteen, uh, he is the second most blitzed quarterback in the NFL after Bailey Zappi, who probably should not meet the attempt threshold here. I I do wonder how much of that has to do with the opponents faced. Because right, again, if you've played both Martindale, Holes, and- Wing, Dan Spagnolo, <laughs> yeah. like we've seen it's, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably, that's it. probably, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, his his yards per attempt on blitzes is like seven point three. It's like whatever, and his a dot seven. Well, if Samari Toure is uh, the only deep shot option, I feel pretty comfortable saying they're going to be checking this ball down. Dude, his grade when not blitzed is 91, and when he is blitzed, it's 73. This is crazy. All right, well, I think I know what the Vikings are going to do. Thanks for coming, Justice. Yeah, I, I have one, uh, two questions for oh, you. Right, okay, on the yeah, way out. because you, yeah, you always steal this podcast. How dare you? I'm giving you my time, and you accuse me as a stealer. I thought we were about collaboration. We're not, and we hate each other. Jaron Hall. Is it? <laughs> Is there any hope that he's the guy? Like, what What the hell is going on? So it, this is about to be the fourth quarterback the Vikings have started for multiple games this season. Uh, well, technically the second, but again, but yes. Mullins was the fourth because Jaron Hall did start against uh, Atlanta. But Jaron Hall only started one game, not two. I said multiple games. Oh, I had a okay. weird qualifier. That, okay, that's actually interesting. Okay, yeah. So what's the question? Is there any hope that you guys are like, Jaron Hall, yeah, he's the guy going into next year. Like, can we booby trap you? Can we, can we, if, if the Packers play poorly enough, can they trick the Vikings into putting their faith into Jaron Hall? Yeah, I mean, they don't have anybody under contract next year. So um, I don't think so. Um, I think that the Vikings would probably be looking. So he, so for uh, in Atlanta against what was ostensibly at the time a good defense, I think they were like sixth in EPA per play allowed. Um, his 10 dropbacks looked pretty good. They were pretty good. Then he got concussed. Um, the Vikings were excited about him. Uh, they did play him ahead of Dobbs for, I guess, a reason. Um, the reason more likely is that Dobbs showed up three days prior. Just got there. Yeah. I mean, maybe a reason. Yeah. I think that's probably the real reason. Dobbs is still asking like how you get to the quarterback room. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he did not know how to get to the locker room after the game. <laughs> Is that real? Yeah, after well, his first home game, which was uh, the Saints game, because they were at that was at Atlanta, I think. But yeah, he didn't know. Um, yeah, I look because <laughs> you know he was like learning the cadence on the sideline. It was all very storybook. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean the Vikings like Hall, but you know he didn't win the camp competition against Nick Mullins. That's got to mean something, right? Uh, and then after uh, after Dobbs uh, turned into a pumpkin, they went to Nick Mullins, who had just recently returned from IR, um, which is the only reason that Hall was playing. Uh, and then they went to Mullins again, um, you know, when they decided on a starter. So Hall is like actually their third option, but Dobbs forced his way into the conversation, turning Do- uh, Hall into a fourth option. But Hall is their third option. So I don't know that they're like overly – in on this guy, they probably think they got more than their money's worth trying to develop a backup. I think that they're very happy with that, but I don't think that they're like 
convinced that this guy could become, I mean, he could, I guess the backers could change their minds. That's always on the right. table, but I do think that the Vikings will probably try to sign um, a starter or a bridge regardless. Like, I don't think they're going to go into a season thinking that this fifth round guy with like three games under his belt is going to be a long-term starter. They're not going to turn themselves into Sam Howell stands, right? I guess exactly. Well, Washington. You said maybe sign a star. I mean, is re-signing Kirk completely off the table at this point? I, I'm convinced they'll re-sign Kirk. Like the way that uh, the way that O'Connell talked about it was like, oh, I've never heard a coach be this definitive about a player that's not under contract next year. Like, like he said stuff like, "We will bring him back." When have you heard a coach say that about a player that <laughs> like? That's crazy. He's like, Kirk was in the middle of a career year, which that is true. Kirk was in yeah. the middle of a career year and having, having uh, you know, some of the best play we've ever seen out of him. Um, and uh, it would be it would be nuts not to bring. We're absolutely bringing him back. He will be coming back. That's a crazy thing to say when you turn down the agent's offer. No, and I mean, not to get into this too much, but like you look at the quarterback market for this, this upcoming year. Hey, Russ will um, be available. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess Russell be available. Who knows how much he's going to want in terms of the money and stuff like that. But I think there's really like, I mean, I guess two and a half quarterbacks in this draft, depending on what you think of Jane Daniels. But there's going to be teams like, you know, Washington, this, New this, England, the second, the second round of the draft is going to be stacked with quarterbacks. Dude, good luck, <laughs> Penix and and Bo Nix. No, dude. Dude, you love twenty five year olds. Twenty five year olds with like a history of injuries. Yeah, you love those guys. <laughs> How can you turn them down? <laughs> um, this is this is the other thing I, I wanted to ask on the way out. Do you guys even really want to make the playoffs, or do you guys just want to keep us out? Because I think that's kind of where both of our teams are at at this point. I think uh, I think there was a there was like a post on the Vikings Reddit. So like, I get notifications for like posts that blow up on the Vikings subreddit. And this one like blew up. There was like a post telling, like chastising people for cheering for the Packers this weekend. Um, they were like, "Have you no soul? You always beat the Packers." And it was it was a very upvoted post, so that seems to be the, the general community consensus. Not that the Vikings subreddit is a very good barometer for the Vikings fandom in general, but I think that like they would much rather beat the Packers and miss the playoffs and hurt their draft position than allow the Packers to make the playoffs. Like I think that that's where. They are, um, though. If the Vikings beat the Packers, they have a one in four. Ch- no, they currently have a one in four chance to make the playoffs. If they beat the Packers, it goes to a one in two chance, I think. And then they beat the Lions, it goes to uh, basically a ninety nine percent chance. So it's basically each of these games constitutes a change of about fifty percent in their odds. And so beating the Packers will move them to a one in two chance. So it's a you know be a good game to win. But yeah, I think a lot of Vikings fans' their motivation is just like it, it would be. So obnoxious if the Packers made the playoffs after all of this. Yeah, that's the that's the thing in Green Bay. It's like I don't think we're gonna shock the world by any means. And every Packers fan's biggest worry right now is that Joe Barry somehow puts together some sort of three game stretch that saves you know his tenure in Green Bay. It would be, um, it would be so who are the who are the Packers playing next? Bears. <laughs> So, so, and that so, might be Sunday night football. I mean, that could be winning in every NFC team. Is so Joe you know, Barry goes about that game. gets to go up against a rookie fifth round quarterback who is third on his team's depth chart with two receivers potentially injured for the game, and then Arif, the Arif, we lost to Tommy DeVito. We lost to Tommy DeVito. Baker had like four hundred yards and four touchdowns, saying, and then we almost is, lost to Bryce Young. I'm just saying your fears are well founded, right? Yes. This is this is exactly the situation that someone can save their coordinating career, right? They sneak yes. into the playoffs by beating the Justin Fields Bears and the Jaron Hall Vikings without their second receiver or starting tight end. Their starting tight end, who, by the way, is 40 yards away from hitting 1,000 yards this year, like was well on pace to hitting 1,000, like clearly their second receiver. This is exactly the scenario that saves Joe Barry. So I think Vikings fans would want Probably a fifty-four to forty game. No, the opposite. They would want no. a thirteen to ten game that would yeah. save Joe Barry's career. Yeah, 
Yeah, you want you want three zero and Matt after the game being like I couldn't like, have done already, it without I've already, Joe. I've already had three zero, dude. I don't need that. <laughs> Two zero. Okay, yeah, perfect. Two zero. Joe Two-zero. Barry's defense actually scores more points than the pack than everyone else's offense combined. It would be two zero Vikings. That's the that's what the Vikings fans want. Sure. Yeah, two zero. Uh no offensive points. We solved the Jaron Hall question, so people stop arguing about it. And Joe Barry gets to keep his job. Arguing. Look, man. You've you've seen a fan base when some rando goes off for six touchdowns, right? You saw what Matt Flynn that's did. True. I've <laughs> I have seen well, we never had those conversations with Matt Flynn. Yeah. But I have, I have speaking of Seahawks. I have seen Seahawks fans argue about Gino or Drew Locke all week, so. Oh, God. Well, okay, but in, in, in defense of Drew Locke, his vibes are immaculate, so I can see why people stick up for him. But, um, Fair. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, just when, when, when somebody, when someone like that, especially a rookie, just like goes off for like no reason and you can't really expect it to continue, fan bases are like in. And front offices are too. Again, Sam Howell. He had like one game last year, and they were like, that, that dude is our starter. I don't know if we can use anything Washington does to project <laughs> the rest of the NFL. They had Jack Del Rio coaching a defense until midseason this year. So, dude, How was Jack Del Rio not implicated in an email scandal? That was That's wild to me. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Yet. He's yes. got to be. He's got to be like the number. Like, if you were gonna put betting odds together for the next coach to get canceled for bigotry, he's up there, right? Hundred like, percent. Yeah. Number one draft pick. Generation. Draft pick. Generation pick. Uh, you trade everything to get him. <laughs> All right. Now with that actionable slander out of the way, uh, is there anything? Do we talk about special teams? Do you care? No. Keyshawn's gonna return everything. That's that's about it. Cool. Uh, and you got uh, Daniel Carlson's brother out there yep. disappointing his brother. Cool. Oh, uh, no, he's he's fun. It's <laughs> fair. Uh, cool. Uh, give me a score prediction, and we'll uh, we'll be good. Uh, two to zero. Two to zero. Packers win. Joe Barry's defense. We couldn't have done it without you, Joe. We did it, Joe. We did it, Joe. All right. Thanks for coming in, Justice. I hope your day gets worse. Thanks. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.